Welcome to Werewolf the Podcast, a retrospective podcast about Werewolf the Apocalypse. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. Welcome back to Werewolf the Podcast. This week's episode will be about tribe book glasswalkers. Now, first thing I want to do is apologize for all of the listeners who have missed Werewolf the Podcast. We've been off the air for the last few weeks and I want to apologize, but there are a couple of what I hope are good reasons for this. I ran a convention in Atlantic City. HLGCon, which happened October 12th through the 14th, and it was fantastic. Uh, All the participants, as far as I know, mostly had a good time. It was definitely a learning experience for me and the industry to do something um, like this on the level that we did it, and we will see where it goes from here. I'm not saying yes or no to doing another one in the future, uh, but it's something we're looking into, and we are going to make some decisions on that. So let's hop into this. I had actually started recording this episode a couple of months ago, and it got corrupted. So here we are doing it again, and this is part of why we had a little bit of a break, because it took me a while to get to a place where I could record again. So this is... Tribook Glasswalkers, the first version of this book that came out in 1995. And the first thing I want to point out is that 1995 was a very different era when it came to technology. And of course, the technology element is one of the kind of centerpieces to the Glasswalker tribe. The Glasswalkers are in some ways, the only tribe of Garu that are truly connected to the weaver elements of humanity. And so, they are the cyberpunk element in Werewolf the Apocalypse. There are some cyberpunky concepts throughout the World of Darkness, but in particular, the Glasswalkers are the werewolf epitome of that concept. And 
by the numbers. This book was published, as I said, in 1995. It was written mostly by Emery Barnes. It was developed by Bill Bridges. The editing was done by Annie Schultz. The art direction was done by Richard Thomas. The comic book art at the beginning was done by Brent Trammell. And the interior art here was by Brian LeBlanc and Mike Cheney. What's interesting about this book in that case, uh, as opposed to some of the other books, is that there was definitely a distinct individual vision on what this particular book was going to be like. And that happens throughout the World of Darkness game lines in one form or another. Some books, you just see that there are seven, eight writers for various reasons, and some there was one person that knew what they wanted to write that got approval for it and focused in and wrote it. And Glasswalkers really feels like a singular vision. You know, this idea of what if a werewolf tribe gave itself over to technology and saw technology and saw what the weaver was doing as good as inherently and essentially a positive thing, which is pretty distinctly different from the rest of what the werewolf with the Garu Nation really see themselves as. They see themselves as protectors of the wild and of nature, and then therefore of Gaia, whereas the Glasswalkers see tools and technology and humanity essentially as Gaia's defining feature. And by supporting and being connected to that feature, they are able to see a different way of saving Gaia than the rest of the Garu Nation does. And the only issue I have with the Glasswalkers is that They were clearly designed as a cyberpunk tech werewolf group. But then people, then the creators realized they had to kind of explain how that came to be in the history of Garu, where a history of werewolf, the apocalypse, where werewolves are these very essentialist sort of beings who harken back to ancient eras in all of their storytelling and all of their mythos. And so they try to do that with the Glasswalkers. And personally, I would have been totally comfortable if they were like, you know what, in the 1800s, a group of werewolves broke off from all of these other tribes and forged the Glasswalker tribe. That would have been an entirely different take on the Glasswalkers, but it would have been in some ways more consistent with what their vision is in the modern era. Instead, they've got this idea of this prehistoric interaction with a spirit called a machine. And the machine becomes this epitome of technology eventually, but it feels it feels like someone wrote a story and then created a prequel to explain the story, but the prequel feels hinky because it's not really it's not badly done. It just feels really forced. And so my biggest cons- like frustration with the Glasswalker history is that it's this forced idea of we were these very human-centric werewolves 
who created a tribe that kind of spread in different places around the world, but was very human-focused, which is very different in some ways than some of the other tribes of the uh, Garu Nation. But it just feels a little disconnected, and they try to connect them to all the great like builders and technology people throughout America, you know, throughout uh, human history. Um, I apologize. There's going to be a lot of grumbling and rumbling in this particular episode, and it's because we haven't done this in a while, so we're getting back into the swing of things, right? So that's what the Glasswalkers are: is they are these human-centric, technology-centric werewolves. And they have this history. And finally, it really starts picking up in the Industrial Revolution, and they become the Iron Riders. And I don't actually think they're referred to as the Iron Riders in this book. At least, I don't see any mention of that. That comes later in Werewolf the Wild West, where they realize, oh, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have the Glasswalkers be called that because you know, walking amongst the glass towers of uh, human society doesn't make sense when those things don't exist yet, right? So they call them the Iron Riders, the uh, werewolves who were involved in the technology of creating the connections to the West and everything like that. Very colonialist, but that's a problem we see throughout this game line in a lot of ways, which is, that's a concern to address and, and maybe work with. But clearly... When you get to chapter two, which is the modern society of the Glasswalkers, you see what they were meant to be. They are the they are a cyberpunk tribe of werewolves. They have a camp that is literally about you know uh, fusing technology with themselves, and that goes really drastically against what a lot of the a lot of the other Garu tribes would be comfortable with, but they don't really care. Um, there's also, they play into the stereotype of the mobster glasswalker, which is a stereotype both of mobsters and of the glasswalkers, but it's one of the things that they lean into. And then the most interesting camp here for me is the city farmers, and the city farmers are exactly that. They're people that believe that you can farm in the city, and this is a movement that is prominent in cities like Detroit and New York and places like that. They're saying, we don't have to divide nature from humanity. And I think that's interesting. It's not something that's really, really developed as an idea, but it's something that at least I think makes the Glasswalkers fit the Garu mold in a slightly different way. So that could be something that if you really were like, I want a more traditional werewolf, but have them be one of these city farmer glasswalkers, you could sort of play in that space. There's also, and I think this is funny in an interesting way, the Umbral Pilots, who are a... uh, They are very much, if you're a mage person, I think they're very much void engineers. You know, they're Garu that go out into into space, very Buck Rogers style, and they pilot spaceships in the Umbra. And if you want to lean into that as an idea, as a thing, you can clearly do that. You could play a mage werewolf game that ties in the Void Engineers and the, oh, um, why is my brain not with me, the Sons of Ether, Society of Ether, and all of that. You could lean into both of that here really effectively. 
and it would be uh, it would be a fun game. It would definitely be a very different World of Darkness game, but you could definitely lean into those elements here and have it be an engaging story and one that I think a lot of people would really enjoy playing. And I apologize for the background noise there, um, but yeah, Glasswalkers, and um, they could easily be a crossover. Um, group in the world of darkness if that's something that you were interested in doing this particular tribe book I know I've just kind of been talking about the glasswalkers in general it's pretty good and the biggest problem is that it's very dated because technology changes so quickly that a lot of the like cool hip new things that are thrown out here are very much 1995 ideas of technology and the internet and where cyberpunk stuff was going to go. Um, I think if you want to lean into the corporate wolf sort of thing, you definitely could do so with this tribe and it would be very interesting. I think of the tribe books in the first edition, this is probably one of the cleanest for not having anything that's drastically offensive. It, like some of the early werewolf stuff, does have things in it that I'm like, I don't know if I would have leaned into that so much. But it's, it's not, there's nothing in here that I'm going to go, this is an utterly offensive, you shouldn't enjoy this try book. And in, in fact, I would actually say, if you were to grab one of the earlier tribe books, this is the one I would get because it gives you a good feeling for the era. And if you wanted to run a game in 1995 or a little bit earlier or like a couple of years later, this would be an excellent resource to really like ground yourself in that timeline. If I were to run a Glasswalker focus game, and I actually have done so a couple of times, uh, there are a few different plots that I would use. One of them being I would lean really heavily into Pentex connections. You know, the Glasswalkers are supposedly these business-oriented werewolves, so I would lean right into that, and I would have their corporations be sparring against one another. I would have the Garu pharmaceutical company be trying to heal people and do good things in the face of Pentex doing utterly horrible things and have that be a plot element and some buying out from underneath each other and things like that. It would just be fun. It'd be interesting. It'd be a different take on Werewolf, a little bit of vampire-y. And you could lean into the vampire elements too, you know. Um, the entire plot of the Vancouver book is that werewolves and vampires are interacting with one another and fighting over resources, and glass rockers are really at the center of that. So you could do that, too. You could have there be a conflict between a vampire prince and the CEO head of the local glass rockers, and that would be a good storyline. I think the third idea that I would probably do with the Glasswalkers is I would pull this is where I would pull in the tri the time travel um, storyline I think into Werewolf and there's an entire book about time travel for Werewolf believe it or not um, in the 20th anniversary edition books and uh, it's called Shattered Dreams we'll review that in the future but 
I do want to say I think having the Glasswalkers create a time machine or something like that and then have them use it and have it go completely wrong would be something that I would do. That would be an interesting uh, story for a Glasswalker focused campaign. Otherwise, I don't think I have too much to say about Tribook Glasswalkers. It's got some good materials. It's certainly a decent book. It's not the best book, but it's good. Of the first edition Tribooks that we've reviewed so far, it's the one that I would say on the surface, yeah, good, read it. There's valuable stuff here. Um, beyond that, you know, we are, we're going to be doing a couple of these hopefully right now. Um, so I'm going to record the next tribook, which is tribook red talons. And then after that, we're going to do tribook shadow Lords. So I hope you uh, have enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, concerns, or feedback, as always, you can contact us through our Facebook group. You can leave a review on iTunes, or you can just send us a message at werewolfpodcast at gmail.com. Or actually, no, it's, I believe, the email address. You know, I don't know. So don't email us, because I can't remember what the email address is. But if you go to werewolfpodcast.com, you can uh, contact us there. So I've been Josh Heath. I am your host of this wonderful podcast, and I hope to see you again soon.